Hey, have you heard about our all-new free PDF that you can download? It's called Five Ways Unresolved Trauma May Be Derailing Your Relationship. And if you're a couple that has done the date nights and attended the relationship retreats and learned the communication skills, read the latest books on marriage, but you still find yourself stuck in a loop of pain and frustration, then this PDF is for you. If one moment everything is fine and the next moment everything feels crazy and that is familiar, I encourage you to go to restoringthesoul.com, scroll down, fill in your email, and get the free copy of our all-new PDF, Five Ways Unresolved Trauma May Be Derailing Your Relationship. You're going to find it very helpful. Most people feel like they read this and they wonder if we've been reading their mail. They say, this is us. It's going to be of help. Check it out now at restoringthesoul.com. Questions haunt every life, writes Andy Crouch. The first, what are we meant to be? The second, why are we so far from what we're meant to be? Welcome to Restoring the Soul. I'm Michael John Cusick, and this is the podcast that helps you close the gap between what you're meant to be and what keeps you from being all that. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the program. It is part two of a two-part conversation with Kim Miller, licensed marriage and family therapist, who is also the author of Boundaries for Your Soul, How to Turn Overwhelming Thoughts and Feelings into Your Greatest Allies. And I first discovered this book several months ago when Wes Yoder, my dear friend and literary agent in Franklin, Tennessee, emailed me and then sent me a copy of this book. One of his writers had just uh, released this book with Thomas Nelson, and I dug into it. And it took a while for the interview to happen, but as you will know if you listen to part one of the interview, that uh, Kim Miller is uh, a deep and thoughtful person who really has a passion for helping to form wholeness and health in Christ in people. And I knew right away that I would like the book because as I flipped through it, there are a number of quotes from Henry Nowen. And in part one of the book, it's a section called Reimagining Your Soul. And there's a quote from Nowen that I want to read to kick off our time. Nowen writes, A part of you was left behind very early in your life, the part that never felt completely received. It is full of fears. Meanwhile, you grew up with many survival skills, but you want yourself to be one. And that's Henry Nouwen from his book, The Inner Voice of Love. So we unpack this idea in part two, the idea that we are meant to be one, to be whole, and what exactly that means. So um, let's jump in to the second part of the conversation um, with Kim Miller and her book, Boundaries for the Soul. I want to walk through the five different elements of the U-turn, and that's U as in Y-O-U-turn, not U-turn that we're all familiar with taking and driving. And most of the time I do that when the sign says not to do it. So maybe you can help me figure out what that's about. But you, you gave the example from your own life of the anger. And what struck me is even though you and Allison are um, mental health therapists or marriage and family therapists, 
that it really struck me that as you're doing this during your devotion time, that this is not incorporating some psychobabble theory or a very legitimate theory that might be used in therapy, but it's really a form of deep discipleship, a way of um, being attentive and aware to our inner life and, and growing in our relationship with God. Do you see it as such? Oh, absolutely. And I really appreciate that you understand that. This book came out of my desire to walk more closely with God, to, to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And I've been a Christian for a long time and didn't know how to integrate the theological truths that I knew in my head with my actual feelings so that I could get my feelings on board with what I knew to be true in my mind. So I think a lot of times when we sit down to pray, we try to push away all the feelings and thoughts that are in there. <laughs> and that's actually the worst thing that we could do because um, it polarizes us internally and it creates divisions and splits inside of us instead of this method, which involves inviting those parts of us that are not walking with God to come closer to him. And that, that's really the objective here. So there are lots of different practices that you can develop based on this method, but they all involve inviting Jesus to be closer to the parts of you needing his care. And if you don't believe in Jesus or if the, the word Jesus is, is triggering, then it means you know, inviting God to, in the way that you know him or want to get to know him to be close to the areas of your life where you're feeling desolate or in need of, of love. Um, I imagine that some people reading the book, uh, which is perhaps why you included the section about theology inspectors, <laughs> where, which I thought was a great phrase, um, but where they're reading the book, especially around the befriending parts of you that you would um, not welcome normally or the part of you that you don't like. And you made the distinction between uh, befriending sin, which you're not saying, and befriending the parts of you that do sin. So can you comment on on why that's important and what it means to befriend the part of you that sins? Yes. So again, I think the analogy of a child is very useful here. So if a child is misbehaving, do you want to get rid of the child? I don't. Not. <laughs> of course not. Right. You want to befriend the child. You want to draw closer, build more connection, build more trust so that the child will listen to you and you can teach the child a more helpful method. And that's how you can think of parts of your soul. You're really wanting to um, connect with the part of your soul that's off base or off course and listen to its, its objection, listen to what it wants, find out the good purpose it has underneath and then help redirect it. So in terms of befriending, a, a really useful method or tool for befriending a wayward part of the soul is to ask how you're feeling toward it. So I, I, I could do this with you, Michael, if you'd like to try right now. Oh, should I, I, should, I should sign an informed consent. For... <laughs> no, let's go for it. Okay. So can you think of any part of your soul, any thought or feeling that's giving you any trouble right now or in the, in the recent past? Yes. Would you like to share? Uh, yes. I, uh, I was on a really good run and streak of exercising and eating healthy and weight loss. And then I went on a 
a trip last weekend and it was very stressful and I got in late and for the past oh three days I've not been making good choices and a lot of inner criticism and contempt around that okay so can you imagine this part of you that's criticizing you in some sort of image or it might just be a phrase that you hear repeatedly in your mind or if it could summarize what it wants to say, what would it say to you? The unhealthy part that's there right now or that has been? The critic, the inner critic. Yeah, it would say something like, you always do this, you never follow through, and you're never going to change. Okay. So that's the, the inner critic that you're connecting with. You, know, you're, you never follow through, you're always like this, and you're never going to change. So, and if you'd like, you could close your eyes to try to picture this part of you that's just really criticizing. You know, not everybody gets images of their parts, which is completely fine. Dick Schwartz does not, the founder of this method. Do you get an image of this part of yourself? That's Yes, I do. Yep. Would, would you like to share what, what it looks like? Yeah, uh, immediately I see uh, it's like a, a towel mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's black and it's wet and it's it uh, it's like being attempted to be wrung out. And that's the picture that I see. Okay, great. And is this part of you that's just feeling like it's wrung out? Is it aware that you're there with it? Um, I think it is now, but, but it, ha- it wasn't up until we started talking. <laughs> okay. And it's saying to you, you know, you're never going to change, right? Right. Correct. Okay. So, how are you feeling toward this part of you? Right now, I'm kind of angry at it. Like, no, that's not true. But I also feel as if it has a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're you're somewhat respectful of it, but you're pretty angry at it. So, so that anger that you're feeling, that's another part. So what you want to do is ask that anger if it would give you a little space and maybe step behind a glass wall to the side so it can watch how you connect with this original part. Can you do that? Yes. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, this is where I'm trying to follow instructions. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm giving it space. The anger is willing to just step aside, even just a couple inches. You know, it can stay close because we really appreciate the intention of the anger, mm-hmm. but we just want it to, to back up a little bit so that we can re- reconnect with that original part and stay focused on it. Okay. Got it. Okay. I'm there. Okay, so reconnecting or just staying connected with this original part that's just saying, you know, you're never going to change. How are you feeling toward it now? I feel, well, with the anchor out of the way, I feel uh, more able to look at it for what it is. I don't mm-hmm. feel threatened by it. Mm-hmm. I feel, to borrow the term from the book, I feel like I can befriend it in terms of, or maybe a better word that, um, without the phrase of the book, I want, I can welcome it. Like, okay, what's this about? Why is this, what's this doing? Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel an energy or a need to attack it. So you're feeling curiosity, it sounds like. And yes. You're feeling open hearted. Yes. In the sense of welcome. That's wonderful. So you're befriending this part. And now is that part of you taking in your open heart and your welcome and your curiosity? Is it aware that you're feeling that way toward it? Yeah, uh, it is now. Okay, great. And what's it like for this part to, to have you be curious about it? 
So the image I see uh, is I see it like um, uh, the towel, uh, instead of being spun and, and, and coiled up, it all kind of unfolds and it becomes dry and like a towel that's just come out of the dryer that's kind of folded in on itself. <laughs> and that's, that's how it feels. So it feels like I can exhale and mm-hmm. relaxing. Okay, great. And um, would it be all right if we just keep going through the five steps? Sure, but we're going to have to charge people $150 for this episode. <laughs> no, I'll try not to be funny, but I'm sitting here with my eyes closed, so that's my defense. That's my that's my firefighter, I think. <laughs> I think it's like a, a healthy firefighter. So. Okay. okay, keep going, though. All right, so there's this beautiful, fluffy, nicely folded towel there. And I'm just curious, does this part of you know that, that God exists is is jesus anywhere nearby yes yeah yeah he's nearby mm-hmm. okay and so great so w- would the part like to say what it's trying to accomplish to you or to jesus but does it have anything it wants to say about how it would like things to be different or what its goals are yeah i think that it wa- it's the part of me that is mistakenly or doing its best attempt to try to motivate me to uh, get back there and exercise and eat right because uh, we feel good. And there's been a sense of thriving, but the only way that it knows to do that is basically through this kind of angry shame. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like it's a a manager part that wants the best for you. And, but the only way that it's known is, is anger. And so how has that been feeling for the part? Does it, does it like feeling angry at you? No. It doesn't? Does it know that there's any other possibilities for how to motivate you? I think so, because I think that I didn't, I didn't create that picture of the towel that, that went from wrung out and, and twisted to fluffy. So I think that that's kind of what it wants to become. And then the image of the towel um, that's there that's fluffy is like, hey, I'm ready to support you in this physical activity rather than kind of whip you. Oh, okay. So it's it's shifting its strategy there all on its own. That's really great. And so now I'm wondering, is the anger that it's been carrying, is that is that sort of a burden that it's been carrying? And would it like to maybe hand over its burden to Jesus so it doesn't have to carry it anymore? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's just let that happen in any way that the part wants to. Jesus is right there. So we could give it to him or um, this is where it, sometimes it's helpful to imagine unburdening burdens into the elements like the water or the air or fire or the earth. So you could just use your imagination to see how to get rid of the anger. Yeah. So um, I saw rising up out of that fluffy towel, which interestingly had a bright color, uh, rising up out of that was this twisted wrung out towel and it just kind of goes up and away and it, and it blows off to a, a distant place. Oh, great. And, then I, and then in that distant place, I see the cross and Jesus kind of embodied over that. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's wonderful. So it's just going into the cross there and, and Jesus knows how to take care of it. Yeah, 
that's great. And sometimes angels can be helpful too to take away our burdens. And how is the heart feeling now that it doesn't have to carry all that anger anymore? Um, it's not, it feels light and it doesn't feel critical or angry. And my face just kind of becomes a smile rather than, um, kind of tight and wanting to hold back the shame and the anger. Oh, great. Okay. And then are there any resources that Jesus wants to give to the part now, now that it's gotten rid of that anger, any gifts from heaven, any words of scripture to encourage the the part? So the first thing I saw in the eyes of my heart was uh, a river. And rather than striving and having to, quote, have to keep up a certain pace or level of exercise or self-care, that it's this idea of being in the river and going with the flow. Then I saw a picture uh, from the Gospels where the Spirit of God descends while Jesus is being baptized, and this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And I sense that those are um, the Father's words spoken over me, whether I exercise or eat well or not. Wow, that's very powerful. So he's well pleased with you, whether you exercise or eat well or not. Yeah. Yeah, this is pretty cool. This is easy. (laughs) It's really cool, yeah. And then one last thing is, is there any uh, last role that this part wants to play for you before we stop? Just uh, now that it's no longer criticizing you and judging you, what's the the role that it wants to play? So I think what the role that it wants to play is that there's a power and a strength there that can be harnessed on my behalf instead of the the strength that fuels anger that actually diminishes me and keeps me bound up. So I think the, the role is to be strength and also to help me to be aware that when this anger or self-criticism is there, that it's kind of crying out saying, hey, you have this need and like you're hungry, so eat. Mm-hmm. So it's really your your strength and it's sort of a, a coach or a your, your internal champion to encourage you and remind yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. Great, great way of saying it. Yeah, to sort of remind you to take, take good care of yourself but in a positive, affirming way, right? Yeah, Great. Well, could you just thank this part for showing up for you today and just let it know that you're, you're always there for it. It can trust you to welcome it whenever it shows up and we're grateful too to Jesus for being with you as well. Yes, indeed. Amen. Amen. Okay. So you just did a great job of working through the five steps. That was great. Really. I mean, that was really effortless. It didn't feel like I was striving or even having to analyze it just it, to use neurological language it, it felt like it was just all right brain mm-hmm. yeah there's really a flow to it it's very relaxing so um i would like you very briefly to walk through the five steps and that might be a good thing to end on but what struck me um, and i made reference to this is a lot of people know the what is a verse in Ephesians chapter one, verse 18 that we sing. I think it's a Chris Tomlin song of open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. And I like to think about what just happened as that we're seeing with the eyes of our heart. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that too. You're seeing with the eyes of your heart. You're, you're actually developing an image of a part of your soul so that you can see it. And, you know, Proverbs 
19.8 says, the one who gains wisdom loves his soul. Right. So you're developing compassion for this part of you that's working so hard for you. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the, the use of the imagination is, is, I think, undervalued in our modern, secular, humanist, scientific, post-enlightenment culture. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's really, uh, there's a wealth of, of experience waiting for us if we'll re-engage our imaginations. Have you ever read or heard of Seeing is Believing by, uh, by Greg Boyd? No, I love Greg Boyd, but I will need to look that book up. Yeah, it's one of his older books. Uh, I don't think it's out of print, but the subtitle is Experiencing Jesus Through Imaginative Prayer. And in typical Greg Boyd fashion, he develops this whole historical theology and scriptural basis for, uh, for the imagination and the idea that the imagination is not seeing what's not true, but we use our imagination to see what is true. Wow, like the redemptive imagination, or I think Lewis has the term the baptized imagination. Yes. He he said that reading George MacDonald was really integral to his conversion. Yeah. What do you do uh, when you are working with somebody that doesn't have that sight or that capacity? You know, maybe they're more verbal or sensory driven or something like that. It's a great question because a lot of people do not have the capacity to imagine their parts. In fact, Dick Schwartz doesn't, the founder of this method. And that's completely fine. It's just God made different people different ways. And in those cases, you just listen for what the part is saying. And it's more of a, an internal dialogue. Okay. Right. So, so you're just focusing on, on the thoughts and the conversation that's happening back and forth. Okay. Yeah. That's helpful. So back to the U-turn, and we can end on this. It's Y-O-U-turn, um, and there's five parts to it that you talk about in the book. Uh, focus, befriend, invite, unburden, and integrate. Can you unpack each of those? And first, maybe restate what this U-turn is. So the, the U-turn is the process of changing from looking at the other person that's bothering you to looking at yourself. Jesus said, why are you taking out the speck in your neighbor's eye when there's a plank in your own? So it's very helpful to stop and just say, why am I feeling triggered right now by this person or this situation? And then to do the five steps. So first of all, you focus. So what you did was you identified that particular situation and you named the feeling that you had, which was anger and judgment. Then you befriend that part of you that's feeling that way. And the way we did that was to ask how you were feeling toward it. And at first you were feeling critical of it, so then, which is very common. We all have inner critics of parts that are not helpful. And so then we ask the inner critic to step aside. And you keep doing that until you feel curiosity or compassion toward that original part. And then the third step is to invite. And so this is when you ask, if Jesus is near, you ask the part if it would like to invite Jesus near, or if a person does not believe in Jesus or want to use the name of Jesus, you can ask if if God is near or uh, any heaven heavenly presence. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth step is to in, is to unburden. So hearts have been carrying burdens for a long time that they want to get rid of, and but they think that the burdens are helpful. So it can be useful to ask. Uh, if they like carrying the burden and if there's an, another way to accomplish their goal without the burden. 
And usually the part doesn't like carrying the burden because it's distressing. And they're, if, they, if they learn that there's another strategy, then they're willing to get rid of the burden. And like then, in, in my case, with the example you did with me, that would be um, the burden was the towel that was wrung out and the critical voice that comes with that and unburdening was to look for whatever other representation was there or what it wanted to say, and it was the fluffy towel. Right. It seemed to me like the, the wrung out towel represented like a object that, it, that the park could hit you with. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, sort of like in a way, it was like a, a sporty whip. You know? like, um, and the towel to me represented sports and it's something that you use when you're being athletic. And it was wanting to sort of hit you with that towel. It was being judgmental toward you. And so that's what you were wanting to unburden. And then it transformed into this to this soft, fluffy towel. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, however the, the unburdening can happen is fine. It just, what matters is that the burden is completely gone. And that's what happened. The, that sense of judgment and anger that was represented by that rung up towel that it just went into the cross for you, which is really beautiful. So you're no longer carrying that burden of anger. And then of course, Jesus talks about, you know, bringing in, new uh, energy when there's been something that's been released, you know? And so we want to replace that negative sense of anger and judgment with something from God. So that's when we invited the resources from Jesus. And he wanted to give you that sense that you're his beloved son in whom he's well-pleased. And then the last step is integration. So that's when we asked, what is the role that the part wants to play for you? And it wanted to be your champion. So this is something that uh, you and Allison do in therapy and or in soul care or spiritual direction. But as you talked about in your devotions, this is something we can do with ourselves. Yes, I do it any chance I get. I mean, you can do it throughout the day when you feel triggered. It's good to set aside a daily time of of prayer to do this work. Uh, it's good to have a weekly therapist to do this work. I have on my website, KimberlyJuneMiller.com. I have a list of Christian therapists that practice this method. And a lot of them take distance clients. They do. That's great. Mm -hmm. And do you have um, an open practice where you take any uh, distance clients or just face to face? I do. I see a lot of clients in person and I do work over the phone and over Skype and I have a form on my website where people can uh, contact me. Okay. Well, I will make sure to include that website at the beginning. And do you or you and Allison, your co-author, do any training around this? Actually, Allison is starting a webinar. So she'll be doing a training through her webinar. So her website is allisoncookphd.com. Okay. Well, I will make sure to include all that as well. I also lead retreats where I teach this method and the sign up for the retreats is on my website too. And one more time, it's KimberlyJuneMiller.com. Yes. yes. Okay. 
Well, I am uh, absolutely thrilled to talk with you, and I got free counseling and soul care out of this. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to going back and unpacking this a little bit. You're the dream client, Michael. <laughs> oh, well, I wish I could say prepared or something for it. But um, blessings to you for writing this book, and I hope that it continues to capture the attention uh, of people all around the U.S. and around the world. It's really neat when you put your heart and passion and knowledge into this and see how it just you know, becomes a, a net that, or not a net, but a, a pond where your life is the stone that goes into that pond and the ripples just go out. And that's really, really neat. So thank you. Well, thank you so much, Michael. I really hope that it brings people more peace. Hi, this is Michael, and thanks for listening to this episode. And if you're a regular listener, I want to thank you for supporting the podcast by downloading and listening and for spreading the word. Uh, at this point, in December of 2018, we are uh, fast approaching 150,000 downloads, and we are in over 30 countries around the world. And so if this podcast has been helpful to you, both on your personal journey uh, of healing and wholeness or spiritual formation, or if it's been helpful to you as a professional, whether you're a pastor, caregiver, writer, author, or just friend of the soul, I would like to invite you to consider how you might support our tiny little podcast here financially. Um, it's that time of year when our nonprofit and so many others are looking to uh, create an opportunity for the year ahead. And so it's usually in late November and December that we do the bulk of our fundraising. And this podcast costs somewhere between $600 and $700 per month to produce and to actually get on a web page where you can listen to it or download it through one of the podcast formats. So would you take a moment and just reflect on perhaps your favorite episode or favorite moment on this podcast and how it's touched you? And is that something that you'd want to fund? No hard pressure sales here. Not going to compare uh, listening to this podcast versus a venti latte or anything like National Public Radio does. But you can simply go to restoringthesoul.com, click on the word donate in the upper right-hand corner, and you can make a gift of any amount. $5 is not too little. $10 is not too little. Some can write a check for 5 or 10 or $20 or $100, and others could write a check uh, or do a credit card payment for much, much more. And so thanks in advance for any gift that you are able to make. And thanks again for being a listener. It is a joy to do this work and to, to share these conversations with you. And wishing you and all of your loved ones a great year ahead in 2019. You've been listening to Restoring the Soul with Michael John Cusick. Produced by Brian Beatty and supported by generous listeners like you. To learn more about our life-changing intensive counseling process for couples and individuals, visit RestoringTheSoul.com 